In my last episode, I reviewed the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I discussed everything from acting, to box office, to budgets, to just so much more. Now in this episode, I review the much more underwhelming universe of DC and dive deep into it. Without further ado, enjoy. Hello, my name is Rohan Prashant, and welcome to the Zombie Zeros podcast from ZombieZeros.com. This is not your grandmother's review podcast. No offense to your grandma or mine. But on this podcast, I don't just review movies and shows. I take you behind the scenes, talk about box office, ratings, budget, backstories of actors and directors, and fun facts about the movie that most other shows will not go into and talk about. So to begin... Every DC movie that we've seen since 2013 have all been a part of what we call the DCEU or the DC Extended Universe. All of these movies that we've seen since 2013 are distributed by Warner Bros. All characters we see from Superman to Batman, they all originate from our DC comics. Now, I just want to quickly clarify that if you don't know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Cinematic Universe are two completely different things. They all exist in their own separate universe. So all the Marvel characters exist in their own and have no knowledge of DC characters because they just exist in a completely different universe. So Hulk and Iron Man and Captain America live in a completely different universe than Batman and the Joker and Wonder Woman, etc. So don't get too hopeful on a Marvel-DC crossover anytime soon or an Avengers vs. Justice League because it just isn't very possible. But... Then again, we didn't think it was possible for Warner to produce movies as bad as the ones we've been seeing. But here we are today. Anyways, the DCEU has only released five movies since 2013, when they started with Superman Man of Steel. But it goes to show how good their marketing is because those five movies have actually grossed over $3.768 billion at the box office, currently making it the 12th highest grossing film franchise. In just five movies, it made $3 billion. That's about an average of over $600 million each, and that's insane. And the craziest part is that it's made $600 million, right? But here are the ratings for those movies that have made that much money. Man of Steel, 55%. Batman vs. Superman, 27%. Suicide Squad, 26%. Wonder Woman, 92%. But then we have Justice League, which is 40%. Only one of those had good ratings, and that's Wonder Woman. Those movies overall had an average rating of 48%, and imagine how much lower it would be if it didn't have the rating of 92% to bring it up. So basically, these rotten 48% movies have grossed over $3.7 billion. And it just goes to show how critical marketing is in a movie. Their upcoming movies for DC are Aquaman in 2018, then the following year, Shazam and Wonder Woman, and then the following year in 2020, Cyborg and Green Lantern Corps. Firstly, they're barely producing anything unlike Marvel, who makes movie after movie year after year. And the movies that DC are making, we just know they're going to be bad because of how bad the reputation is for DC. We saw how Green Lantern didn't work out the first time for Green Lantern Corps. Aquaman and Cyborg made terrible appearances in Justice League, Okay, maybe Jason Momoa will do well in Aquaman, 
But he's such like a dark character, and we've seen how that's worked out. And I can't see Cyborg doing good in a solo film, considering how poor of a performance he made in Justice League. And uh, the only movie that there's some hope for at this point is Wonder Woman, uh, considering that Wonder Woman 1 was just such a success in the original, and that's the only good movie we've seen from them so far. And so, unfortunately, they went back down to square one with Justice League, which was just a flat-out waste of time after all their movies being bad except for Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman was just a diamond in the rough. They finally figured out how to make a good movie, and we just all hope they'd continue along the same trend. But since DC has been so bad, many of us needed to pin the blame on someone, and many of us pinned the blame on Zack Snyder, who had been the director and producer for some of these movies. However, there's so much more to the story that we don't know about. AKA, let's take a look at Zack Snyder's role in the DC Extended Universe. So it starts with Christopher Nolan and a guy named David Goyer developing the story for Man of Steel, which was the first movie in 2013. David Goyer scripted the movie, and Christopher Nolan godfathered it, so to speak. However, the creative team behind the Dark Knight trilogy heavily controlled it. Therefore, the producer and Warner Studios didn't allow much creative tinkering from Snyder. His only major change in the movie was convincing the team and Nolan, who allowed Superman to snap General Zod's neck. It was an important and significant moment, but the idea itself... Just that idea required lots of debate and discussion and eventually approval. However, when the movie did poorly, in the sense it didn't make as much money as they hoped, most people blamed it on Zack and Deborah Snyder. But as Forbes puts it, the it's all Snyder's fault crowd tends to frame the claim like this. The Snyders came aboard the DCEU with Man of Steel, were put in charge of developing the plans and tone for the entire DCEU, had too much creative freedom, and answered to only one or two people at the entire studio, and create a cynical and dark incarnation of the DC Comics world that ruined the DCEU and sank its box office prospects. And the problem with that view is that it's just so full of inaccuracies. And so... So Warner Studios felt that Christopher Nolan deserved a bigger role in this movie than someone normally would just because of his success with the Dark Knight trilogy. So yes, Zack Snyder did steer the ship, but he did so following the strict plan set out by Goyer and Nolan. Now, in the beginning, they actually wanted to make a standalone Superman series that would have had Easter eggs on the other superhero characters in the DCEU. However, they wanted to develop his character a little bit more before attempting to bring in some Avengers-type money. But since Man of Steel didn't make the type of money that DC wanted, they just weren't so sure in investing in more solo movies of him. So, they wanted Batman to be in the next movie, so they could advance a little closer to Justice League to bring in the billions that Avengers has. So, at this point, Snyder wanted to plan the DC course of action over the next few years after 2013, and he made a push on Wonder Woman getting her own solo feature film. So... They wanted Batman to be in the next movie, but they also wanted to develop Superman's character. That's where we have Batman vs. Superman. So Batman vs. Superman was where Zack Snyder more like took over as a director and producer to make this. And so one month after Man of Steel was released into theaters, they decided to make the movie where Batman would battle Superman. And just two months after that, Ben Affleck signed with them as Batman. 
And so when they brought Ben Affleck onto the movie, he actually had some level of script approval. Because when Ben Affleck wanted Oscar-winning screenwriter Chris Terrio on the set of Batman vs. Superman, that's what happened. And so this goes to show that 100% of all the blame cannot be placed on Zack Snyder, considering the amount of involvement that others had, such as Ben Affleck and Chris Terrio. When it was finally time to release Batman vs. Superman, they heavily edited it, cutting out a lot. And so this included backstory and more on why Batman was fighting Superman in the first place. So in the original cut of Batman vs. Superman, it actually, a lot of things made a lot more sense. So it felt more reasonable, and overall the movie was a lot better. However, the creative team heavily edited it and took out a lot of what Zack Snyder put in himself. And so, basically, they cut out a lot of critical plot points, which would have made the movie more fluid. And in the ultimate cut that was later released, you see more of Snyder's creative tinkering, so to speak. Finally came the time where Justice League was to be released. It all built up to this. Snyder had a plan. But as Forbes puts it, the Snyder's plan was generally for a two-part story of Earth's invasion and conquest by evil forces, followed by the rise of a team of heroes to overthrow those villains and take the battle to them in an epic confrontation, bringing a large cast of characters together like a multi-part graphic novel given flesh and blood. So Zack Snyder actually wanted it to be like a two-part movie of Earth being invaded and it being a conquest of evil forces, and then the, this team of superheroes coming together to overthrow them and have epic battles and more. But this plan was actually scrapped and rewritten into a single standalone story with potential for a sequel, but larger overarching plans made for a bigger two-part event. The changes were fast and furious, with Warner deciding not to delay production, which would have been too much time and money had already been spent. The thinking went to hit the brakes. And to focus on rewriting the plan as fast as possible. Production began, and still more rewrites took place during early production, in part motivated by a desire to get Affleck's solo Batman project moving faster and work some of the setup into Justice League, while also reshaping Batman's characterization to better fit Affleck's plans. So they already, they, they completely scrapped the story that uh, Zack Snyder wanted, and they focused on this, with also having lots of rewrites in the early stages. That's why the blame wasn't nearly as on Zack Snyder, because he had little to no freedom in Man of Steel. He had more control in Batman vs. Superman, but the editors cut out many critical plot points. And when it finally came to Justice League, they didn't even follow the plan that he suggested. And so, to point out the bright side of Zack Snyder after all this, he did play a major role in the production of Wonder Woman, their one gem, and designing the costume in fact and more. So, if there are people to blame for the failures of DC... It is partly on Snyder because he still is the director, but it's also on Ben Affleck and Christopher Nolan and the whole creative team behind these movies. DC movies have just become so tiresome and just plain terrible. And the thing with DC is it just doesn't work as much anymore. Because frankly, it's not the 1940s anymore. The ideals of a perfect hero don't need to be shown to us. We need to see our heroes suffer human struggles. Superman is nearly immortal then we should be seeing the corruption that would come with something like that. Marvel, in fact, has shown us that despite their heroes being humanish, that they can still be great. And an article by Crack.com shows us some reasons DC has been so bad, and how it could just be so much better. DC has its repetitive aspect to where 
when something works, they'll beat it into you until you're sick of it. We have Superman, right? But then in the DC universe, we also have Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, Crypto the Super Pup, and Steel. And then on the Batman side, we have Batman, Batwoman, Batgirl, Cassandra Cain, Tim Drake, Barbara Gordon, Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne. Then we can get into the numerous flashes and Green Lanterns that we have. Point is, DC will beat an idea to death and beyond if they think it's popular. Do we really need six different Robins and four different Flashes? No. No, we don't. And DC needs to realize this and let it all go. And in my opinion, if the following things were true, DC could be way better. They would just need to have fun. Thor Ragnarok was a superhero movie with great ratings, but many people considered it more of a comedy than anything. It was able to just have fun, but also have its serious moments and fighting sequences that we took seriously. They would also need to have a casting change. We envisioned Batman so sacredly after the Dark Knight trilogy, and it's taken a lot out of the character of Batman and the respect for him as a hero in general, the fact that he's been an athlete. And their superheroes need to have more human struggles. Too many of their characters are made godly and basically unkillable. Superman is always so pure and untouched despite basically being a god. And it just isn't fun when it never feels like there's a struggle with the protagonist. In the movie Black Panther, the conflict felt real and relatable, and so it was that's why it was so much better of a movie. And like, okay, yeah, we want to see our superheroes win, but we also want to see a fight being put up. It's the same way that the NBA just isn't as fun after super teams. It would look exciting with so much power on one team, but it just isn't competitive. And we'd all rather see a game end on a nail-biter game winner than a blowout. DC needs to be less repetitive and introduce more fun and interesting origin stories like they did with Wonder Woman. And they basically just need to do everything that Marvel is doing. So to conclude, Marvel is just so much better than DC. The DC Extended Universe has overall just been such a disappointment. And because of that, lots of the blame has been pinned on Zack Snyder. However, all the blame should not be put on him because of all the reasons I previously listed. However, at the end of the day, they've just made so, so, so much money in their five movies that most studios couldn't dream of. But all of us, I think, just want to see a better movie from them. So that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you subscribe to my show. Just search for Zombies Heroes, one word, in your favorite podcast app. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you tell your family or friends about my show by maybe posting it on your Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram account. The link to share is zombiesheroes.com. If you have any comments or suggestions on how I can do better and improve the show, I would love to hear from you. Please send an email to mvprohan at gmail.com, also known as Most Valuable Podcaster. Thank you.